0: Thank you. Messages. we're talking about school and discipline and the schools and and uh, there was a newsletter article regarding cell phones and and the what appears to be at least the seemingly universal understanding that cell phones are ultimately not helpful particularly when it comes to kids and the distraction level and while the school the elementary schools don't allow it when you get up to high school it sounds as if the rules are well you can't use them unless you're allowed to and that to me essentially, I, I don't know it, that that's not going to work. I think you just got to just ban them. Just say you can't have them in class. You cannot have it in class. And I get it. I recognize that parents. It is a very convenient way. I've utilized it in that capacity. I needed to let the girl child know something. You know, hey, I'm going to be picking you up from school today. You know, and instead of calling the school or going by the school and having them do a note, I just text her. Yep, more convenient. And so I I get it. I'm not claiming that there aren't convenience to it, but at what cost? One of the messages coming in saying quite often a teacher gives up trying to enforce rules because when the kid gets sent to the office for breaking a rule, he comes back bragging, see, I told you they wouldn't do anything. And there is truth to that as well. Teachers, they do oftentimes give up because the administration doesn't back them. This is one of the big problems when it comes to discipline, particularly, well, just anywhere that there's a discipline issue, that you do have teachers that utilize some form of discipline in order to have order in the classroom. And the kids, they know that nothing's going to happen to them, or even worse yet, the administration will, particularly if a parent gets involved, they'll side with the kid over the teacher, and that sends them an even worse message. It's sort of like defunding the police, where the criminals know they're in charge, and when push comes to shove, ultimately they're going to get their way. Uh, the excuse that some parents use for wanting their kids to have cell phone in school is the need to get a hold of them in a school shooting. I've heard that as well. And I don't buy it. Uh, I, I, I buy that some people's uh, parents, emotional reactions. What, well, let me say, I, I, I'm not disputing that some parents say that because they do say it. I don't buy that that realistically would have any impact whatsoever when it comes to school shooting situations, number one, they really truly don't happen that often. I mean, I know when they happen, they're horrific, they're awful, but the likelihood of your child getting hit and killed by lightning is greater than them being shot while in school. Those are statistics. So we... we overestimate the likelihood of those things happening, which is understandable because, one, the way that the media plays it up and makes it sound like they happen every week, but also because it's a horrific thought. I mean, that's just awful, horrible. And so sometimes we tend to worry about those things disproportionately. But even the parents who feel that way, I think it's an emotional reaction. It, it does not jive with reality. and I think to myself, what well, what would that do? Well, so they could call 911. Obviously, someone, a teacher, somebody is, is going to be. I, I just don't believe that ultimately the idea of students being able to have their cell phone at any given time, um, and, you know, would somehow diminish the damage done by a shooter. And we're not saying that they can't even take them to school, uh, but just you don't have them out. You know, taking one out and using it would be the same as taking out and use, smoke lighting a cigarette up. Punish them the same way. You know, I mean, you you can implement those disciplinary procedures that still allow the cell phone's existence to be there if there is an emergency like a school shooting. But outside of that, just don't use it. it was it College of the Ozarks a couple of, um, remember that a couple of years ago they announced that they were going to ban cell phones from class and uh, they still stand. I mean, that they- yeah still exist anyhow just looking out for the kids <laughs> RFK Jr was denied secret service protection by the Biden administration after the secret service assessed that he was a high risk at a high risk level so in other words the secret service set up JFK or RFK Jr yeah, this is a, uh, this is high risk. He certainly needs it. And the Obama, sorry, the Biden administration denied it anyway. I'm telling you. <laughs> it, let me put it this way. <clears throat> if it was clear without question that RFK Jr.'s existence in this election would do nothing but harm to Trump and nothing but help to Biden, he would get all the Secret Service protection that he wants. They would do everything to make sure that he was in this for the long haul. Now, the polls have varied on this. Uh, Those of you who uh, listen to the show know that I, I have argued, I do not believe that it is evident RFK Jr. in this thing is going to be harmful to Trump and helpful to Biden inevitably. There is this belief that that is the case because when polled, Republicans have said, excuse me, that they have a favorable view of him. And I've noted that, well, in the context of him being a Democrat, willing to sit down and talk and and come out in favor of girls sports and uh, an enforced border in some some of those things. Yeah, I do have a favorable view. Well, I'm never going to vote for him for president of the United States. Those are two separate things. And there are a variation of polls. Some polls show that he hurts Biden, while some show that he may hurt Trump a little bit. Uh, most of them still. Tend to show that it's a wash. Though I do believe, as time goes on and it gets closer to the election, if RFK Jr. is not assassinated, that he will do more harm to Biden than he than he will Trump. I I believe that for a number of reasons. But all that aside, I firmly believe that the Democrats are concerned that there's at least a chance he could cost biden the nomination which is the reason that they won't give him secret service protection despite the fact that the secret service has apparently said uh yeah this is a guy who needs it there's no reason not to give it to him red state noting as my colleague jennifer van laar wrote this week a deranged stalker made two attempts on wednesday to break into independent 2024 presidential candidate rfk jr's home She was correct in asking what more needs to happen for Kennedy to get Secret Service protection. Now, a new revelation about a Secret Service report is calling into question the process that Biden's Department of Homeland Security is using to determine the candidate's status for protection and has Kennedy ramping up his plea for answers. In an exclusive interview with Fox News Digital on Friday, he said he was optimistic at, the, at first that threats against him were being taken seriously when first approached by the Secret Service, saying that the Secret Service said, yes, this is a no-brainer. Adding that Secret Service officials told RFK Jr. after these attempts, quote, it would move more quickly and our first interview would be in four, uh, 14 days. So in other words, they were when they talked to RFK, they're like, "This is no brainer. Don't worry. It's just a matter of time. It's just we're, this is going to be done very quickly." RFK Jr. noted, but it went 88 days, and then we got a rejection letter from DHS Secretary Mayorkas. But it gets worse than that. It appears that Mayorkas and the DHS knew about the intruder incidents and the Secret Service reported months ago that RFK Jr., quote, was at elevated risk for adverse attention, end quote. The person arrested for trespassing on Kennedy's property twice this week was listed in a Secret Service risk assessment as part of the candidate's request for protection all the way back in June. Jonathan Mockt was arrested Wednesday morning for trespassing on Kennedy's property. Police transported Mockt from Kennedy's property, but he returned later in the day, and he was released from custody again. Attempting to uh, it, can it look any more like the Democrats are just trying to have RFK Jr. assassinated here? You have this guy try to get you know get to Kennedy. The Secret Service says this is a no-brainer. This is just a matter of paperwork. Don't worry. And then months go by with nothing. And then he finds out, oh, the Biden administration decided you're not going to get it. The guy attempts to break into his home while Kennedy's there. He's taken, he's released to where he does it again. He's rearrested. I mean, what more can they do in order to make it easy to take out RFK Jr. With all the overwhelming evidence mounting, Kennedy said he can only surmise that Biden is refusing to give him protection for political reasons, calling out the way federal agencies have been weaponized and the double standard of President Biden's family getting Secret Service protection. Yeah, Hunter Biden gets all he wants. Now, to me, this is one of those stories that does not get near the attention it should. We are, you think about all the fronts in which the Democrats are trying to rig this election for Biden. You have four different jurisdictions attempting to imprison not just Donald Trump, but in some instances, the people who worked around him. You have two states. Colorado one, uh, Minnesota, I think the other, that is opening arguments before the Supreme Court in the the second state uh, to deny people the right to even vote for Trump as president. You have somebody that has traditionally been a Democrat, carries the historic Democrat name of the Kennedys, in which many people believe— though there is dispute over this, but many do believe that he could be the difference between Biden winning and Trump winning the White House. And there have been numerous instances in which an individual has attempted to get to Kennedy once armed, coming, trying to break into his trespassing on his property on a number of occasions. The Secret Service has said, yeah, this is a no brainer. This clearly is high risk. And the Biden administration has said, no, we don't think so. We'll just let him out there on his own. I, th- this is Vladimir Putin-style campaign action here, is what we're watching play out. Springfield's Talk 1041, latest news update. Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Luna. A 17-year-old charged in Saturday's deadly shooting in Springfield could be tried as an adult. The Greene County Juvenile Office telling Color 10 the suspect, whose name hasn't been released, is currently charged in juvenile court with second-degree murder and the death of 33-year-old Jacob Gatton. Police say the shooting happened Saturday night on South Sheridan Avenue in Southeast Springfield. The homeless man charged with intentionally setting fire to the Southside Baptist Church in Mountain Grove will be in court today for a trial setting. James Hopkins III is facing arson and burglary charges. A witness told police she saw Hopkins walking down the street after the fire earlier this year. He allegedly confessed to burning it down, and officers caught him as he was trying to leave town. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. Uh, The first alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Uh, We got sunshine 40 today, 19 tonight, widespread frost tomorrow, high of 47 Thursday, sunny 57 for a (laughs) high. Happy hour Friday, Retro Metro 4 to 6. Come out, join us. Kick off the weekend. It is also your chance to win a pair of tickets to our private showing at Alamo the following day, Saturday, for The Burbs. We've got to do a private showing, one of my favorite movies. They said, hey, you can show whatever film you want. I thought, that's the one I want. I've never seen it in the theater. Always watch it on VHS. And we did registration online. Many of you won. Those that did not, fear not. You do have that last chance to get yourself registered at Retro Metro as we hang out and have our happy hour this Friday from 4 to 6. Now, I'm just going to tell you out of the gate. The reason I'm sharing this following story is because of the recent very quiet announcement that... It was discovered people who did what I guess Kelsey's encouraging them to do. And, you know, two you can do two things at once, get that flu shot, get that covid shot that with men it kind of sort of increases the the uh, risk of a stroke. At least if it, I think it was the over the past year. They noted this for those that had gotten um, you know a, a certain covid booster and a certain flu shot that they have determined that. Those individuals, there has been an increase in strokes, and we talked about this yesterday or the day before. But we're being told, "Don't worry about it." You know, the the study hasn't really been proven for sure yet. Uh, don't stop doing what you're doing. And I noted how different that response is, and this is how you know that it's political and not genuine when it comes to the health of individual citizens, because the response is different. When it is some just standard run-of-the-mill product in the private sector. Which brings me to this story. Eye drops sold at CVS Rite Aid Target could cause eye infections and vision loss, FDA says. The Food and Drug Administration is telling consumers to avoid... Two dozen eye drop products sold at major retailers, including CVS and Rite Aid, because they could cause eye infections and potentially lead to vision loss. Now, I'm going to spoil something for you here and tell you right out they don't actually have any cases of this occurring, but it could. The 26 products treat dry or irritated eyes and were marketed under the brand CVS Health. Leader Cardinal Health, Rugby Cardinal Health, Rite Aid, Velocity Pharma, Targets Up and Up Brand, they pose a, quote, potential risk of eye infection that could result in partial vision loss or blindness, according to the FDA. The warnings from the FDA were prompted after investigators discovered that there were um, insanitary conditions in the manufacturer's facility. So this isn't a case in which studies have shown People using this drops have gone blind. This was simply because one of the manufacturing facilities in which the drops are manufactured had insanitary. Now, what you and I think of as insanitary may be very, very different from what the government has deemed to be insanitary. So this could very well be something that would not even have any impact. But fact of the matter is they don't even have any evidence that any of the eye drops were affected. But what are they saying? Don't take these drops. Do not take them. Get them off the shelves now. Because you may lose, get partial uh, vision loss, which sucks. But is that as bad as a stroke? Or you may get irritated eyes, which I think most people would argue is not as bad as a stroke. But whenever we learn that coupling COVID shots with flu shots, leads to an increase in likelihood of stroke amongst men, uh, I believe it was men specifically, that we're told to continue to do anyhow. You see how it is? It it th- This is why people do not trust our government. When it comes to the advice of anything to do with medical supplies, medical products, because every scenario is treated differently. Based on whether or not there is a political component to it, clearly the Biden administration has weaved into itself in the campaign the need for vaccines and the, and you've got relationships with big pharma and so forth, which all of a sudden Democrats are massive supporters of big pharma. You don't question these pharmaceutical companies when it comes to their COVID shots. And if the shots do show negative side effects, don't worry about it. Take it anyway. When people see that response, but then when it comes to eye drops, it's all hands on deck. Stop taking the drops immediately. They recognize something's up and you cannot trust these people. Springfield's Talk 1041, i I'm Nick Reed. Stranger Things. This is great. Stranger Things had such a great soundtrack.
1: Yeah, they really did.
0: They, they're, they're doing another Stranger Things. Yeah? Yeah. Which I guess the last one, when it left off, it did leave room for that.
1: I don't know I kind of watched the last season. Uh,
0: yeah, it was pretty... They, they get more epic in scope.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't know that they can do much more beyond... Uh, unless they decided to... This would be the only path forward, in my absolute expert opinion when it comes to such things uh to have the current cast and the, the sort of a finale with that and then have a whole new storyline, new people. So, you know, perhaps the same sort of concept. Mm, yes. But uh just almost like American Horror Story. That's what they do. They, and I'm sure it's not the only example, but the first season, the second season, totally different people, totally different storyline. It's all completely – some of the actors, they, they utilize from season to season. But I, I think that if it were to move forward with any degree of success, they would have to completely just do that. And I obviously know because I am an expert when it comes to film and a Netflix series. I'm not really. I just – Thought I needed to, um, I don't know, build up my credibility there. Coming up, Jay Ashcroft. He has a op-ed piece along with Sergeant uh, Donnell Donnell, uh, with the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department, president of the Ethical Society of Police regarding the need of state control to make some of these communities safe. We'll talk with him on that next. Uh, American Transmissions, talking text line 447 KSGF. I'm Nick Reed. Hey, if you need that home loan, you got any home loan questions, I want a great home loancom Anything and everything you need regarding home loans. This is something that has been crafted over the years. Don Carrick,er and then, of course, he brought in the family, Alex and Anthony Carricker, who are at the helm now with that incredible team they have, and seven days a week till nine o'clock at night. You can work with them. They can work with you. That's especially helpful. It's so nice not just being a number and you call some 1-800 number and then you have to go through the prompts, which please listen to all the prompts as they may have changed since the last time you out nah, of nah, nah, that stuff. You don't have to worry about that. These are people right here. Local born and raised all of those home loan needs any questions please reach out ask utilize them as a resource all of their contact info plus information that is beneficial to you uh, even necessarily without necessarily having a phone conversation you can find at iwantagreathomeloan.com first alert forecast Sponsored by Navant, employee benefits that work from Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. We're going to have a sunny day, high of 40. 19 tonight, widespread frost overnight into tomorrow with eventual sun, high of 47. And Thursday, sunny with a high of 57. Jay Ashcroft joining us this morning. As always, it is great to hear from you. I saw that I'm sure there were in uh, papers across the State. I noted one in the Joplin Globe, uh, Jay Ashcroft and uh, Donnell Walters, or is it Donald Walters? A state control needed to make communities safe. What's the correct pronunciation there? <laughs> it goes by Donnie. Okay, got it. Donnie. I, I, I don't know him, so I wasn't sure on that. Um, so what, what's the driving force behind the editorial? What made you write it? Why uh, uh, did Donnie and you all team up on doing this?
2: Uh, The driving force is that there's a problem in the city of St. Louis with crime and an unwillingness by the local government to take charge and control of that. The new circuit attorney, Gabe, has done a lot, but there's a lot more that needs to be done by the leadership of the city of St. Louis. And when they fail to take care of that, not only is it wrong for the people of the city of St. Louis, but that crime spreads out and it affects the whole state. And that's why the state needs to get involved. One of the core responsibilities of government is public safety. It's not being done by the local government. Therefore, the state needs to step in.
0: What pushback publicly? I mean, there's going to be the marketing from those people who are in charge in St. Louis. And we saw some of this over the last couple of years in an attempt by the state to try and, and help the victims of crime, which are largely and disproportionately people of color that were, are being forced uh, to endure these horrific living conditions because of the approach that had been taken in St. Louis. Yet um, the, the, the pushback was, well, this is racism uh, at play here. What is it that you're hearing now? Is it along the same? What's your response to that? You know, we
2: haven't heard a lot of pushback. Um, We will eventually, but we need to quit worrying about what the wrong people say and start doing the right thing for the people of the city of St. Louis. We need to get back to the idea that if criminals want to commit crimes, we're going to stick them in jail so that law-abiding citizens can be safe. It's really simple. When you you put criminals in jail, crime drops, and we've got to put law-abiding citizens first and criminals somewhere much lower on the list.
0: I'm interested to know if, if you have thoughts as to what the motivation is. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't even really need to know to recognize how to fix the problem. But it is oftentimes instructive to uh, to recognize the, the motivation. But we see what is the, the, the obviously going to result in a much lower quality of life, a much dan- more dangerous atmosphere <laughs> specifically for people of color. Uh, yet, you have these prosecutors across the country, generally in, well, they are, and they're in blue cities or blue counties that continue to operate in a manner that makes it more dangerous for the citizens of the city. And so for. I think a non-political person, they look at a scenario and they go, all right, why do they not fix this? They clearly must understand what is causing the problem. Why do they not reverse course? Have you ever thought about what motivates them to do this?
2: Yeah, and I think because you want to know what that is to help fight it. But I think one of the problems is you have people that uh, are in law enforcement, uh, prosecutors that have been put there, that don't believe that people should be held responsible for their crimes because they believe that somehow it's society's fault. Mm. Uh, They don't understand that people are inherently evil. We have to strive to be good. And um, some of them just don't care because they're getting paid either way, and they're more concerned about their power, their position, and their prestige than they are about the people they're supposed to serve.
0: All right, so then as we talk with Secretary of State – Ashcroft in this, this op-ed piece regarding state control needed to make some of these communities safe. Uh, are, are you arguing just specific communities? And if so, what does that look like operationally, logistically? How is that what, what it is that you all are encouraging be done look like compared to what's happening now?
2: Well, here's a, here's a little example of what the city did to defund the police without it being uh, visible. When the state controlled the city police department, there was a maintenance and and repair facility for police vehicles, and then there was a facility or or facilities for the city vehicles. When the state left, the city then decided that they would shut down the, the repair facility for the city vehicles, and they would move all of those vehicles to where they had to be repaired by the police maintenance facility. So technically, they would say, well, we didn't take more money away from the police, But we put a lot more responsibility and use that money for things that didn't go into helping the police. So now we have districts in the city of St. Louis on a somewhat regular basis where there are no police cars available. So police are not on the street protecting people. We have police officers that are in cars where they literally have to roll down the window and open the door by sticking their hand out the window and using the exterior door handle to go chase down a criminal. It doesn't work. That right there is just endemic of the lack of respect, the lack of care and uh, just how local control has said, we're not going to worry about police officers. We're going to worry about
0: coddling criminals. So what does the state stepping in? How does that change that?
2: Well, the state steps in. The state uh, reallocates how resources are being spent and says, no, you have to prioritize these resources for police vehicles so that we can have police. On the street, the, the the state can work to provide funding so we can get more law enforcement official on the street. My guess is we have close to, if not more than, a thousand vacancies in this state right now for law enforcement officials. Those are positions that we have generally had individuals filling that we can't fill now. And when the police are gone, the criminals play. And the state can help get more police on the street. It can make sure that the police have the resources that they need. It can make sure that when there are um, ridiculous charges that are clearly not true against police, they are tried in jurisdictions where the police officers get a fair trial or the judge can say, wait a minute, this is ridiculous, instead of putting them in front of a jackpot jury that just has it in for police officers
0: so is your it, i'm not sure how much of a plan versus just an approach um and a recognition of the problem here and and uh, looking for a solution uh, you uh, you note in the this op-ed st louis which clearly demonstrates the problem with the way or the 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 problem results that uh, are existing so is this uh, an approach from a state level one in which Uh, would be specific to communities like St. Louis that are problematic or an overall change for all the communities and policing throughout the state?
2: Uh, There are aspects of it that would be specific to the city of St. Uh, St. Louis. uh, so that the state has control with how those resources are allocated. The state has control with rules of engagement and policies and procedures. The state has control of that budget to make sure that police officers are reimbursed for out-of-pocket expenses or when they're going to another state to pick up fugitives. They don't get to the airport with the fugitive and have their credit card declined, which has happened on many occasions. But then I think there are things that can be done holistically for the state as a whole. To, to, the state can help us to find the funds to actually put uh, feet on the street, law enforcement officials out in public uh, protecting the public. We can see the state to do things to make sure that if there are allegations against uh, law enforcement officials, they get a fair shot. We can see the state do things to encourage law enforcement officials in other states, blue states specifically, where they're being treated like trash, to incentivize them to come to Missouri where they will know that we will thank them for what they do for protecting Missourians day in and day out.
0: Secretary of state, uh, Secretary of State Ashcroft, it's always good to hear from you, sir. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. All right, you do the same thing there, and we'll get that op-ed piece uh, up on our must-read headlines section at KSGF.com if you want to read through it yourself. Springfields Talk one i I'm Nick Reed. Boom, Sarah Myers.
1: Thank you. There's a lot happening in the next couple of weeks. First and foremost, we are in uh, kind of that hunting season. And so if you are planning on participating this year and you are needing to do some restocks, I recommend taking a trip down to Monet and visit my friends down at Quick Draw Gun. Now, the reason I mention this is because I know that they posted a couple weeks ago on their social media that they have plenty of ammo in stock. They also have uh, plenty of firearms as well. So if you are wanting to add to your firearm collection just in time for hunting season, right now is the time to do so. And then next is uh, Christmas. Believe it or not, it is like I think I looked it up. It's like 55 days away. And so if you have that person that is a little difficult to shop for and you are looking for kind of a more unique gift, I also recommend Quick Draw Gun and Monette because they do specialized laser engraving and seracoding services. And that would make a great gift, especially if you have a family uh, heirloom firearm that gets passed down from generation to generation. You can do like custom laser engraving and get a last name put on it or maybe even a family crest. And that might make a really uh, unique Christmas gift this season. So whatever the situation is, whether you are needing to do a restock or looking for a new firearm or you're looking for a good Christmas gift, recommend my friends down there at Quick Draw Gun. Now you can find all of their contact information under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com.
0: I was going through a slideshow definitive ranking of little debbie snacks
1: okay well what's uh what's number one
0: um i'll give you five down to one
1: okay
0: uh so five chocolate cupcakes okay these are the ones with the little uh the little swirls yeah. on top mm-hmm, okay
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh number four mini apple fruit pies i don't even recall mm. seeing those no swiss rolls number three
1: <gasps> those should be higher
0: uh, the la- So this one, I don't think I've ever even seen these peanut butter crunch bars.
1: Here, move so I can see. Oh, yes. I used to have those all the time. Those actually look really good. They were really good. I haven't had those in forever.
0: Uh, number one is actually... Now, I'm not a huge... Li- I-, I don't really eat a lot of these things, um, but if I had been asked, what is your favorite, it would have been number one in this ranking, and that is the Cosmic Brownies. Mm, I know, love them. They're just so dense.
1: I would put... Probably the Swiss rolls number one.
0: Yeah, you like didn't you? You get some of that Swiss roll ice cream or something. I did you know, when, this... when
1: I was pregnant. They made that, right. that special mm-hmm. ice cream, and that's what you got me for my birthday or Christmas or oh, something. Oh, I did. Yes, you did. You bought me every single flavor.
0: Oh, uh, actually, you know what? I do remember. And it was those. It now was... it makes sense. I was like, why would I have bought that? That now it makes sense. It was yep, for you.
1: You bought it for every every single flavor, and I uh, appreciated it. <laughs>
0: well, actually, this entire conversation was just a lead up to you letting everyone know how awesome I yeah, am. Yeah,
1: you are a pretty good And me playing
0: like, what? I don't remember that. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, gosh. come
1: on, keep it going. Golly
0: gee, I am <laughs> awesome. I completely forgot. Speaking of um, sweets, there is, we'll get this posted. Red State has a number of cell phone recordings of Biden handing out Halloween candy at the White House. I mean, he just is so old. What is, he, of course, he, in one of them. Now, these are people who are there at the White House. I think it's on the lawn or something. And it looks actually decorated uh, pretty festively, and they have the kids come up, and Jill is a cat, and uh, Joe, he didn't really dress up like anything, but, you know, he's president, so I can understand that. Um, one of the-
1: That is his costume.
0: <laughs> yeah. <he's>, yeah, <laughs> that, That's what they tell him every day. It's Halloween, and he's president. That, that's how they- Because they don't want to blow his mind too much. They don't want him to panic. And so they're like, hey, it's Halloween again. Oh, it was just Halloween the last, you know, two years. Well, it's still Halloween, Mr. President. So you're going to dress as the president because that's what you are for Halloween. And one of the videos you can hear, well, I think it's when Joe comes out and she explains that she's a cat. And then someone asks Biden who he is, and he just kind of stares like I don't know he doesn't know or something. There is a video of him, of course, sniffing a child's hair. You know, standard. That's how you know it's really him. (laughs) Uh, What one where he's like trying to hand kid candy and he drops it. He just is so decrepit. When you watch some of these videos and what to me actually is funny about watching some of them is the Halloween music. It's the sort of the organ music that you think of in a scene where somebody goes maybe trick or treating at a castle and the real scary, decrepit guy answers and the organ music is playing. And I, there is one in particular, and here you have Joe Biden, and he's looking—he's this decrepit old man handing out candy to kids, and you have that organ music playing in the background, and I thought that's a scene from a horror movie, right? Like a kids (laughs) horror movie. I'm gonna have to watch this. Yeah, you've got to. I mean, some of them—it's if it wasn't Joe Biden, it wouldn't even be worth watching, and some of them you're like, "Eh, okay, but there were a couple. It was the music that really made it, and I thought this is a scene from a, a goosebumps or some sort of horror television show scary stories around the campfire for kids and the scary old man who's crazy and has lots of dogs that attack people randomly and he doesn't know his name half the time and kids dare each other to go to that house on on Halloween and and that's that's what the imagery that I had of good old Joe the headline for Red State Biden can't even hand out candy without problems arising. <laughs> <laughs> Springfield's Talk 1041, i I'm Nick Reed. I didn't even think about... We talked... Is this um, Unsolved Mysteries? Yes. How good am I? Part of my childhood with Robert Stack.
1: If you're watching on Facebook Live, you so... just got a real good interpretive dance there for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: With the, the Bidens handing out candy at the, the White House, can you imagine if, if like the, how crappy the candy would be if it weren't for handlers? Because he is the type that would get the worst candy, you know, that there's the one house, and like, where do they even buy this stuff? Usually it's the, I don't even know. Is the it...
1: Lemon Drops.
0: Oh, now, see, I don't like Lemon Drops. Uh, I like Lemon Drops.
1: Yeah, but for Halloween candy. Yeah? No.
0: I'm thinking the... I guess there's peanut butter flavor. I don't even know that I've eaten one. But there's the orange wrapper and the black wrapper. Oh, yes. I know Those what things.
1: Yeah, Isn't that like taffy? Like
0: I don't peanut butter taffy or something? I, yeah, I'm not sure. But I imagine that would be the sort of thing. You know that probably they handed out vegan stuff or something weird like that. Plot twist. St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell to challenge Cory Bush for a house seat. Now, we're not in the St. Louis area, but it is Cori Bush staying on America, an embarrassment, absolute embarrassing reflection. It's not her so much, but it's the fact that this is somebody who has nothing of substance that is positive to offer, yet gets elected to Congress. You think about the intellect. The. The 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 approach, the curiosity that went into the founding of this country, the deep debate that it's amazing to me, you look how little information was accessible during that period of time versus today, yet how much more advanced they were intellectually than we are today, you would think it'd be the opposite, right? If back in those days you had told individuals like the founders and those early members of Congress that were thinkers of the day that one day there will be this thing that there's no point even trying to describe it to you because it's incomprehensible, but you will at your fingertips have any information you want about anything whatsoever from anywhere in this world, anywhere, in any language, and they probably would think we will be this, a, a society so advanced that we can't even comprehend it. If we are able today, the amount of time and thought we put into things and debate and discussion so that we better reach the actual truth of things, and, and you're telling me that, that the average that every single American at their fingertips will have volumes of information beyond what we can even comprehend, what that will do for us as humanity. Instead of having limited information, just the, the the relatively few of us having access to, the entire world, every citizen will have access to information beyond our comprehension. We can't even, we are ashamed to think how much far, further advanced members of Congress will be 200 years from now, and then you look at someone like Cory Bush or Ocasio-Cortez or some of these others, what an embarrassing display of humanity. So you had the St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell, and he was uh, going to run or he was hoping to run against Josh Hawley. He's withdrawn from that Senate race, and he's going to mount a primary challenge to Cory Bush. Glenn Beck's next. I'm Nick Reed.